Alright, welcome back to Talking Taker. This is episode number 16, right? I think so. Yeah, episode man, got, 16. Talking Taker has his driver's license now. We are on the road. The sweet 16, perfect for uh, the <laughs> oh, tournament man. that we're about to get into, but... In case you don't know, this is the encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time, and we do appreciate you joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. Uh, as you know, we are going through every pay-per-view match of The Undertaker's career, one match at a time, overanalyzing, uh, diving deep into all the matches, the backstories, all of it, trying to uncover the biography, the history of the World Wrestling Federation, World Wrestling Entertainment, and, and arcing uh, the career of just one character. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your hosts for this journey, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner and the world's biggest Men on a Mission fan, Travis White. How you doing there, buddy? Whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know about that. What? But I'm great. I'm great. I, I see you there in those purple overalls. <laughs> I dressed up for today. Oh, it's a good thing we don't Skype this. We don't show people. It's true. Out visual. Yeah, I got my purple men on a mission outfit on. No, no, I got my Bulldogs, my Georgia Bulldogs outfit on. That's right. That's yeah. right. Excited for, I guess when this podcast drops, we'll be playing Auburn tomorrow. So, whoop, go dogs. Hope we win. We'll Big see what game. happens. My Clemson Tigers are playing as well, playing Miami Hurricanes. So, that'll be yes, a big sir. game. As well, could be meeting up, could be Clemson, Georgia at some point. Could be. Like, For our international listeners who don't care, give a crap about college football, we apologize. Go soccer. <laughs> oh, I don't apologize at all. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thanks. And seriously, though, we do have some international listeners. We appreciate it. All our downloads. Our downloads keep getting bigger and bigger every week, and we just appreciate that. And y'all are great, and you're awesome, and your feedback is great, too. We get lots of good feedback, so we love it. Give us bad feedback if you need to. We want right. to improve the show. That's right. We're not trying to blow smoke up our own butt. We just like no. think it's cool that anybody's listening. So we, we appreciate it. And we're up to about 600 followers on the Twitter now. Uh, got some Facebook followers, YouTube followers. Uh, we do appreciate you listening and reaching out every week. It's fun, man. We're, we're having a blast. Uh, and I especially want to shout out uh, a couple cool guys uh, that reached out to me on Twitter. Uh, they also got a podcast. This is the Best Wrestling Podcast. That's the name of it, the best wrestling podcast. They're at Real BW Podcast on Twitter at Real BW Podcast. Uh, just want to shout them out. They shouted us out on their podcast. Told uh, said how much they enjoyed our show. So I gave them a listen, and uh, you ought to go check them out. Uh, if, I know there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there to listen to, but these guys do a great job breaking down Raw and SmackDown, all the news in the wrestling world every week. They got a great sense of humor, some interesting, unique perspectives on things. Uh, made me think about some stuff I hadn't thought about listening to them. So go check them out. Best Wrestling Podcast on iTunes. When you get done with us, go give them a listen. So now we're going to move on to our podcast to our discussion we are uh skipped around a bit from wrestlemania 11 uh there's been a pay-per-view in the interim the first ever in your house pay-per-view we talked a little bit about that towards the end of the last episode undertaker not involved there he's in a dark match defeating kama but we are gonna cover our first king of the ring pay-per-view here on talking taker we undertaker not involved in the first two king of the rings for various reasons um 1993, he just you know, didn't fit into the card, I guess. And 1994, he's out uh, in the 
mystery of the Undertaker he's, he's, saga. He's dropping in on butchers and firefighters right. and kindergarten classrooms. No time for King Leslie of the Nelson Ring. Nelson searches for him. No time to train for the King of the Ring. Exactly. Yeah. But here we are, King of the Ring '95. Man, what are you? Um, what are your memories of King of the Ring? It's a, it's a lost pay per view, I guess. We we haven't had a King of the Ring tournament since 2014 when uh, yeah, they had on the network. I King believe. Barrett won. Yep, yep. Did, oh, were you a fan oh, of King hell. of the Ring? I love King of the Ring. I love tournaments. That's one reason. That's one thing that New Japan Pro Wrestling does really well are tournaments. Uh, according to Bruce Pritchard in their podcast, he says that Vince just hates tournaments. That's so I don't weird. know why you would do King of the Ring. I love I love tournaments. I love the Super J Cup. Uh, I love uh, G1. Uh, all that stuff is great to see the tournaments go over, even if it's a couple nights. But um, a, a one-night tournament to me is awesome because it makes it feel more real. You get to see the characters, the wrestlers sell their injuries from the beginning of the night to the end of the night. Um, in this particular one we're going to talk about, you get to see one guy wrestle four times. Um, one was a dark match or on Coliseum Video. Coliseum Video anyway, exclusive. Yeah, Coliseum exclusive. So anyway, but I love King of the Ring. I really wish it would come back. It doesn't have to be, you know, I, I don't like the scepter and the robe stuff. Um, I don't like all that cheesiness. But I love the, the idea that this guy wins a tournament and he's supposed to be, you know, not necessarily the next big thing, but a main event, you know, a main event guy. First, who first King of the Ring was Bret Hart, right? Bret Hart, Owen, yeah. yeah. Bret Hart '93, Owen Hart '94. Those both went on to be bigger and better things. Here, not so much. <laughs> you know, there's some swings and some misses here, but you know, King of the Ring '96 is um, Stone Cold Steve Austin '97, Triple H. You know, he, he goes on and on, and he's got great Hall of Fame competitors winning King of the Ring and. I wish they would bring it back. I think it'd be a great network special, even yeah. a great night. It's all the semifinal, the qualifying matches. It's it, it, it can it can take up the whole month of May and June. You know, it builds television. It builds to something, which is a lost art nowadays. But um, seeing that, I would love to see it come back. So. I mean, in this era with the network, it just seems ridiculous when you're there's, you're always searching for new content for the WWE yeah. network. Why is there not King of the Ring? And we have. 14, 15 pay-per-views every year. You're trying to give a gimmick to each one and make each one feel special. Everyone loves King of the Ring. You never hear someone saying yeah. they didn't like Everyone's always nostalgic about it. It works. Yeah. It gets people over. It tells a story. And, you know, even with our winner of this year's King of the Ring, Mabel, who we're going to – I'm sure we both have a lot to say about. You know, we Ooh. laugh and joke like, oh, yeah, it didn't work. But if you think about it, man, Mabel, Viscera – I believe his real name Nelson Frazier. That had a heck of a career. He was in the WWE oh, yeah. for many, many years. Had a long time uh, run there. Many different characters. I don't know if you can really attribute that to winning the King of the Ring, but uh, and, and he obviously was not a world champion or probably not a Hall of Famer or anything like that. But the guy did have a pretty long, uh, yeah. Uh, meaningful uh, run there in WWE. We're, we're going to cover him a couple more times, uh, even many, many more episodes from now. Uh, we'll get to him oh, yeah. in an uh, Elimination Chamber match, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Well he, well, he comes back in the Ministry of Darkness as well, on our Decker side, so right. we'll see Nelson Frazier a couple more times as this podcast continues. So, um, Yeah, anyway, you, you guys, Twitter followers, you know, Facebook list our subscribers let us know what you guys think about king of the ring should they bring it back or what you know we really want to know what your opinions are because we both agree that it should be brought back so absolutely uh maybe not modeled after this particular year no. uh, i think we would agree <laughs> with that um yeah 
it, so I just kind of want to talk about that. This King of the Ring tournament, if you look up the brackets for this tournament, and it, it I will post a picture of the brackets on there in case you don't remember, but just going through the, even skipping over the opening qualifying round, this, the opening round, the matches are Mabel versus Undertaker, Shawn Michaels versus Kama, Bob Sparkplug Holly versus The Roadie, and Savio Vega versus Yokozuna. When I'm looking at this, and then you look at what happens in each match, it, it doesn't look like there's any thought put into any of this. It looks like when you simulate a King of the Ring tournament <laughs> on a 2K game, and it just puts random people in there and randomly selects the winner. These are not the matches you would pick to have great matches, and then you look at the winners. Those aren't the winners you would predict. This is just the most bizarre, random drawing of a tournament ever it's so strange yeah it really is man and as we get into it uh and talk about it it's yeah it's very strange and i, I watched a lot of these matches honestly because mm-hmm. I, I, I wanted to see because at this point savio vega had just debuted i think in may or yeah or april or right after wrestlemania i think um i think he so debuted really at the in your house over. pay-per-view before this. yeah yeah so they're really trying to put him over and you can see that i mean he's got the rocket strapped to his back during this particular pay-per-view um did it work? I don't know. Stone Cold Steve Austin talks very highly of Savio Vega. He does. Uh, as far as getting him back into ring shape when he came into WWF. And um, he's a great worker, there's no doubt. But, you know, you can see that story being told. But, yeah, you're right. Some of the winners, because as we talk about this particular match, I do want to talk about the rest of the card for a little bit. But um, yeah. before that, I want to get to some other things, too. Um, but, yeah, it is very strange pay-per-view, the way the winners are laid out and, and how the story how the story is told throughout the night. Um, yeah. Um, Definitely. We- well, what did you want to talk about? Oh, I was going to say this is this is from uh, you know King of the Ring is June twenty fifth ninety five. It's in Philadelphia, um, at the Spectrum, which is a very I I'll say world famous arena. Um, sure. And it's no longer open. It, the last performance, the last activity held there was in uh, uh, two thousand nine, and it was uh, Pearl Jam's Halloween Ooh. show. So there you go. Those of you who know me know I'm the humongous Pearl Jam fan. I'm Pearl Jam Mark, if you want to say it so. So yeah, that's a little bit of trivia there. Cool. Um, Pearl Jam was the last act or anything to go on at the Spectrum. It's a really great place. I really would wanted to get to the Spectrum before it closed. I would love to have seen that place. So anyway, um, before before I started watching this, I was doing a little research and I went back to uh, um, an episode of Raw on April seventeenth, nineteen ninety five. So this is a couple months before this pay per view. But this is just something funny, and I think our listeners would like it. It's a, it's a little it's a, it's a, a public service announcement from the Undertaker. It's this camera shot underneath, like it's like it's like like it's in a grave almost. And it's looking up at Taker, and he's holding um, a, tr- uh, a shovel, and he says, "If you drink and drive, sooner or later you're going to meet the Undertaker." And then it just goes off. <laughs> so it's like a don't drink and drive thing. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious, and I just you know. It didn't. It happened after WrestleMania, but this is the next time we we talked about Undertaker. So I wanted to throw that in there so that those of you who are listening, go back to it. Look at on the WWE Network. Look at April seventeenth, ninety five. Um, hilarious, man. I have no idea. But again, it's Undertaker's coming. He's still in character, but he's doing these PSAs like we talked about a few episodes ago. He's going to monster truck rallies, you know. So he's right. he's still not losing. He's not losing the luster of the phenom, but Vince is starting to use him in other settings, you know. That's so funny. that's kind of cool. I don't remember that at all. I remember, <laughs> I remember those in the '80s where they have Ultimate Warrior, yeah. like 
uh, telling people not to smoke, and he'd just right. break up a bunch of cigarettes and stuff yeah. like that. I do not remember that. I have to go find that. That's so you that's have to funny. go. You have to go watch it, man. It's it's great. Um, but I also just as I was reading and researching and looking at some uh, you know some some recaps of this pay per view. Did you find anybody that gave this pay per view a thumbs up? This is the most oh, universally no. loathed pay per view in WWF history, in my opinion. Like it's. it's Oh. It's awful, you know. It really is. It's it's <laughs> even as a kid renting it from the video store, there were a lot of videos in the wrestling section that I would rent over and over and right. over again. Never got tired of watching. Um, like I mentioned, Survivor Series 1990, I watched all the time. SummerSlam 91, Survivor Series 94, WrestleMania 10. I, I definitely rented this show as soon as it came out, like I did as soon as every wrestling video came out, and I yeah. don't think I ever rented it ever again, <laughs> you know? Oh. I Savio yeah. Vega, like you said, Stone Cold always puts him over. A lot of the wrestlers will always put him over. As a fan, watching him never interested me, never got into him, never yeah. like Same really here. enjoyed his matches, his personality, or anything like that. Not a bad worker, like oh. definitely better than IRS, I would say, who he happens to defeat <laughs> yes. in, in his qualifying match. But you know, never, n- not you know, never had, never wanted a Savio Vega T-shirt or action figure or anything like that. You know, I agree. I agree. Um, so again, I know we're, we're going to talk Taker in just a minute, um, but I want to say too, this is in Philadelphia, which is this is ECW's stomping ground. It has gone from Eastern Championship Wrestling to Extreme Championship Wrestling under the tutelage of. Uh, Todd Gordon and Paul Heyman, um, and you can see in the front row of this pay-per-view there are some ECW, um, you know, fans. The guy with the Hawaiian shirt and the hat, and the guy that sits to his left, I guess, um, he's there as well. And so, um, very just interesting, I thought. And again, East Philadelphia is known as a fantastic fan base. They're rabid. They let you know what they do and like and don't like. The idea that the WWF would put on this fart of a show in Philadelphia. <laughs> I just don't get it, man. Like, it's weird. And uh, as we, I want to talk about the main event. I, uh, because the main event of the show, they poop all over. They start yeah. chanting ECW and uh, boring and stuff like that. And so it just, it's very strange. That that's not the Taker match. We'll get to that. But um, yeah, it's just a weird, uh, weird, you know, choice of of a card and story to it tell is. in Philadelphia. It's a big jumbled mess of a card that is. Poorly booked, uh, just weirdly booked, weirdly put together, um, and yeah, we're we're, we're going to highlight that it just in through this one match. Uh, you mentioned yeah. those fans. I, I had that written down later on. Uh, at one point in the match, they start like the, those ECW fans, like the the signature ones that you see in the show. They're like yelling stuff at mm-hmm. Mo on the outside, and I I couldn't hear what they were yelling. I don't want to accuse those guys of saying something, but. This is 1995 ECW Philly crowd. May have been saying some uncouth, <laughs> maybe uh, slightly racist things towards a towards a black manager on the outside. Just just guessing. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I saw that too, and I was wondering the same exact thing. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I wonder what they were saying. So, um, but yeah. Well, we've been flapping our gums for a while. You ready to get into the actual man? Show I guess we have to. Uh, Undertaker <laughs> versus Mabel. The Final match of the uh, the quarterfinal round of King of the Ring, 1995. 
Uh, and the winner of this match, the way the tournament has played out, is going to walk their way into the finals. Because the previous match between Shawn Michaels and Kama has gone to a time limit draw. So 15-minute Broadway, dude. Yeah. 15-minute Broadway. Yeah, and Kama has the big old gold urn necklace around. And I noted he no longer has the Hanes shirt underneath. He's right. just wearing the red singlet now, so he's upgraded. Uh, Looks a lot better. I guess. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he definitely looks better, but not great. But yeah, so again, Shawn Michaels. Okay, you got Shawn Michaels and Undertaker in this in this brackets. Those are your two biggest baby faces. Because at this point, Shawn Michaels, he was heel at WrestleMania. He turns face the night after, I believe, to help save Diesel. Um, and Sid is now a heel, I think. And well, Sid, is Sid in the corporation at this point? Yeah, night after WrestleMania, Sid turned on Shawn Michaels, and Diesel yeah, came out to save him. Yeah. So that's how Shawn okay. Michaels turned babyface. That's right. But yeah, they're the so, top two babyfaces, and you would think the two favorites going into this tournament. Yeah, and then you got Shawn Michaels going on 15-minute Broadway with Kama, so it's like, are you serious? Uh, again, that's a 15-minute you know, um, time limit draw. Which means neither one of them gets to go on. Right. So it so it saves Kama, I guess. It doesn't. He doesn't lose any steam. But Shawn Michaels, I mean, he he dropped some choice words in the in the ring. I don't know if you saw it. He said that's BS, and he looked like legitimately angry. I don't know if he was. He probably was. I'm not sure how hard to deal with he was at this point yeah. in his career. But you can tell he wasn't happy. But um, and then your other most popular face in the entire tournament is the Undertaker, and yeah. Yeah, he and he's out too. This match. <laughs> so that's part of why this crowd, you know, you kill the crowd in the first yeah. hour of the show because the two guys they were there to cheer for, you take them out and you're shoving Savio Vega, of all people, down yeah. their throat, who's a new guy, who's not over. He's taking the spot of Razor Ramon, who's hurt right. before the show. So he is probably going to be Razor Ramon versus Mabel in the end, which is slightly better, I suppose, uh, than Savio Vega. Oh, well, it's definitely better than Savio Vega. Yeah. But um, and you've for got... those of you younger fans that may not understand, uh, it's kind of like when Daniel Bryan came back in 2015 mm-hmm. and, and he got eliminated in the Royal Rumble mm-hmm. at like halfway through and the crowd just crapped on it. I mean, wouldn't you say it's about the same thing? I mean, you take your, big, yeah. your two biggest faces out and it just sucked the wind out of the entire arena. It does. You know? it's, and again, it's a rabid Philly crowd and uh, they let and... you know what they do and don't like, so... <laughs> It could be better if you had a stronger heel that they're going up against, but you're also trying to get over this big... You're trying to strap a rocket to the heel to Mabel, who who has been a babyface tag team wrestler. I mean, this is like taking... I I mean, they're not even like the top tag team, Men on a Mission. Uh, Mabel is one half of a rapping, goofy tag team that has turned heel a couple months beforehand and out of nowhere is a singles wrestler in this tournament he defeated adam bomb the month before to qualify for the tournament but now you're trying to get him over to 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 win this tournament and yeah the the crowd just doesn't care there's they don't buy into any of this Um, but they do their best by putting him over the undertaker of all people just absolutely insane and it's true man did, did you see who Undertaker qualified for the King Ring over? Oh, good old no. Double Freaking J. <laughs> double J, May 29, 95. He defeated Double J with Tombstone. Also, on that night, this is something I want to talk about before we get in the match. They debuted a brand new Undertaker t-shirt. Oh. I watched that Monday Night Raw. I watched a lot of it. And um, it's uh, it's glow-in-the-dark, and it says, He's got soul. 
dot 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 maybe yours and he's down on his knee with his hand up like yes. the, and it's it's glow in the dark man um if any of you are listening have that bought it if you don't have it now but you did have it please let us know please. i want to man i would love to know who had that it's it looks so cool i will um, buy it know, off somebody's back nine years old yeah it, it's so cool but that's just a little fun fact so um, that's amazing he had some great shirts back then um yeah yeah I did see the little, they showed a clip in the pre-match package before this of him defeating Jeff Jarrett to qualify, yeah. and uh, he had him up for the tombstone, and Jeff Jarrett's legs were like quivering up in the <laughs> yeah. air. I, I'd never seen anybody do that before. I thought it was yeah. a nice little touch. Um, yeah, it was. And also in that, in the pre-match package, I'd never heard this before in my life, but Todd Pintengel is narrating this video package. And he calls The Undertaker a nickname I never heard of before. He says, 568 pounds will square off against the man who walks with the angels. Mabel and The Undertaker in round one of the King of the Ring tournament. I heard that too. <laughs> Laughed out loud and said, excuse me? What is that nickname? What does that mean? What? Who told you to say that? What is that? It was that Vince McMahon approved or not? Because that is that I don't know if they ever use it again. But I'm interested no. to see if they do. So, the man the who man walks, who with, the walks with angels. Isn't that the opposite of what he's supposed to That's be? That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, I just oh yeah, I noticed that too. And I thought again, I can't stand Todd Pettengill, and that just yeah. Where did that come from? It's ridiculous. But yeah, I'm glad you noticed that too. So um, anyway, let's get on with the match. <laughs> Mabel comes out. It's got some good heat. He gives an interview. In the like in the rampway though, they're yeah. big into doing that now. Um, Which I, like I don't interview. mind that. I think it's a nice different yeah. thing. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Interviews there or in the ring after the match, which which is cool. And he's with oh, yeah. Stephanie Wyand. Uh, I just wrote down <laughs> our uh, interviewers have come a long way since then. Yeah, for sure. She's no Renee Young. No, not at all. But an Undertaker comes out. The obviously Paul Bear has no urn because it's dangling around comma's neck yep um but again <laughs> vincent man says he appears to be about 10 feet tall it's almost as if he's not even walking as if somehow he's floating to the ring <laughs> like what? man what are you talking about so i don't know he appears uh, to be 10 feet tall but vincent man is his... oh go ahead no go ahead man i was gonna say vincent man is joined by doc hendricks here on the on our commentary team we Always like to talk on the commentary teams here. Yeah. This is our first first evening, first match that we're spending with Doc Hendricks. What do you think of him, uh, good old Michael P.S. Hayes? I love Michael Hayes. I hate the name Doc Hendricks. <laughs> I hate that he doesn't have he, – did he, he has ponytail cut off at this point, too? I think so, yeah. I think Vince Van Pratt is here. I didn't like the Doc Hendricks character. Oh, I do love yeah. Michael Hayes. I, I love the Freebirds. I love him now. He's – I love watching him at the Hall of Fame's his stupid outfits. He's always on. He's always got a fanny pack, and I just I loved him later on when the Hardys debut and stuff. Seeing him with him, but yeah, as Doc Hendricks, I don't I don't like that name. I don't like the character. I, I just yeah, but he was good on commentary though. I, I thought he him. did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah I know exactly I what him. you mean. He's so he's very just ridiculous and yeah. You know, I keep talking about as a kid because I I go back to that, but. You know, back then, I didn't have any idea who Michael Hayes was. I was a WWF guy. I didn't know Freebirds. I didn't know Michael Hayes back then. So it's just crazy to me. And he wasn't that old here when he mm-hmm. retired. It was, on, it was like mid-30s, uh, I think. Yeah. 
But, you know, it's just crazy now that I know the Freebirds and going back to that and how what a dramatic shift it was for him to just become this corporate shill and become Doc Hendricks. Then it's crazy. But, yeah, I thought he had some good good funny lines on commentary. He actually had some good actual analysis kayfabe-wise of wrestling and psychology, and uh, I might talk about those later on, but he did... He did pretty good. He did pretty good. Yeah, he does. He, he says does. something here at the but, beginning. That, uh, well, I know that Paul Bearer went back to the obituary blackboard to come up with this game plan tonight. The obituary blackboard. Are you going to repeat everything I say? Can't you come up with any of your own material? <laughs> uh, they got these obvious plants in the, uh, and by, not, not oh literal plants, God. but these creatures of the night. These guys that are dressed like, um, I don't know, what would you call them? Uh, they, Black turtlenecks and kind of white face paint. Ghoulish, a little ghoulish. Ghoulish, so, goth. Yeah, we have to talk yeah. about this. Um, little girl sitting next to him with like her her black shawl over her head. So, And these will pop up as we get into um, the next pay-per-view we're going to talk about. These will come up a lot more. We'll talk a lot more about them then. But this is, again, Undertaker's lost his urn. It's melted. It's around Kama's neck. So now, and we mentioned in, in the King Kong Bundy match that uh, last episode that he's getting his power. They're trying to put over he's getting his power from the creatures of the night. So these are Undertaker's fans, but they got these jabronis <laughs> in the audience, and they're there a lot. I was yes. going through watching lots of superstars and Monday Night Raws, and they're there every week, man. It becomes this weird storyline, and yeah. I really want to ask Bruce Pritchard or, or somebody <laughs> who's around them what the end game or the thought was here. Yeah, you if you watched WWF in 1995, you remember they called them the Creatures of the Night. We, we said they were putting Creatures of the Night over at the last pay-per-view, trying to get that phrase over. There's these two goth-looking fans. I remember the rumor on the internet back in the you know early 2000s was, oh, that was Shane and Stephanie went, man. But you go back and watch it, they don't look anything no, no. like <laughs> those guys. Uh, but, yeah, they always came out during the Undertaker's matches. They Sometimes they would bring a black wreath down yeah. to intimidate the opponent, and it just never went anywhere. Uh, I think maybe Kama attacked them at one point. But yeah, we'll get into that next pay-per-view. He does, he becomes physical with them. Yeah, but, um, it's just but as far as here, yeah. Dumbest no one comes thing. <laughs> it doesn't yeah. get over at all. It's just these two goth fans that follow the Undertaker around is so, I don't know who came up with it or why they did it for so long. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. But as we talked about, you know, as, we, as we're hitting talking taker, it's building the mythology of him, I guess. I guess you know, so. It's changing from the urn to he's getting – maybe Vince is ready to get away from the urn because he doesn't – it's kind of hokey, I don't know. But they're moving to the new generation era, I don't know. But, you know, it's building the mythology. Whether it's a thumbs up or thumbs down doesn't matter because it's going to keep going anyway. So, yeah. um, you know, but it does kind of – you know, it builds his mythology. You know, he has some, you know, followers, I guess you could say. So – it gives him that. I don't know. I'm trying to look at the silver lining. Trying to look at the positive side. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. <laughs> but I agree with everything you said, though. So, um, But they start this match off face-to-face. Face-to-face. Uh, Mabel yeah. shows no fear, man. He walks right up yeah. to take her. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. So, that, you know, as a, as a big menacing heel, they're trying to get him over. That's good for him not to be scared, you know. Especially since he's going to win at the end of the night. Yeah. So, and Taker's um, actually a couple inches bigger than Mabel. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. To the, which shows how big both those guys are. You know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Mabel's a big dude. So. <laughs> yeah. 568 uh, pounds, they said. And that's... That's yeah. probably close. Later on in his life, he's at 100 pounds of that, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, this, you know, the typical Undertaker match at this point in his career, left throat chops and kicks and yep. tries to close on the big guy, can't really get him down, and he finally does, and uh, immediately, again, goes for old school, right? He does. This is he one hits of the first that. things he does. Um, and then there's just like a big botchamania collision. Uh, they run into each other. I, I don't know what happened there. This is a this is a really sloppy match, you know. It is coming from two non wrestlers. You know, I always like to qualify that. I, I who am I to critique it? But you just know it when you see it sometimes. And these guys are just. I don't think Mabel was the cleanest worker, you know, sure. at any point in his life, and, and they are just, you know, just sloppy well, is the best way to put it. And, and you see that really. They have this collision, and then Taker does. He's done it a couple times, like this stunner on the outside of the ring. And then he runs to go get Mabel and gets his foot caught up in between the ropes, just going to do something. I don't know what he was even trying to do, and he gets his foot stuck upside down on the ropes for like two minutes. Yeah, and you can tell that wasn't planned because of the way they were acting. But, like, even, again, even through these botched, uh, you know, botched belly to belly uh, from Mabel, and then this, you know, getting his foot caught up in the. Undertaker doesn't ever break character, though. No, I mean, I remember mean, mentioning right. that in earlier podcasts and earlier episodes because he still doesn't get like he doesn't go Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels Vader, you know, when Shawn Michaels misses and just stomps on Vader's face and says "f you." Uh, he doesn't do that to him here. He stays in character. He stays. That's a great point. You know, straight. And so you know, he 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 turns the negative into a positive. He gets his foot caught in the rope. And he just he, he just tries to fight out of it like like the Undertaker the character would you know so you know kudos to him because he makes you know he tries to find the silver lining in that situation it seems too and you know they just go with it you know what are you gonna do at that point you know yeah, it's not part it's, of the match it's you can scary tell it's not planned because like you can see like he tries to do tries to get it out of there at one point and it he was real close to just snapping his ankle you know it, it's, oh yeah yeah those ropes when they get bent like that are super super tight. Their cable, and, yeah. Yeah, the cables. And he easily could have snapped his ankle if they just tried to get it out of there the wrong way. Um, they, they don't know what to do for a little while. Mo tries to provide a little distraction in there, and the referee finally just has to end up untying yeah. Undertaker. It's just, yeah, yeah, just and a bad, it, ugly spot. It was. And they come back in the ring, and this is when they, they redo the belly-to-belly spot. And it looks yeah. much better this time. <laughs> it does. Um, but then Abel does a camel clutch, and I just wrote, ouch, because he is wrenching it in, dude. But he's sitting on his back. 500 pounds on your back, workers shoot. I don't care, man. It he's doesn't feel good. His back. No, it and doesn't feel he good. he is pulling his chin. And I was like, I just wrote, ouch, because that's that hurts. And this is the part where the ECW fans start mouthing off to Mo. Yeah. You can't hear what you're saying, but I did Probably know that. Probably not good. I want to know what you said, but then you got the rest in peace chance again. Um, you don't have the urn out there for uh, Paul Bear to hold up. He starts the rest in peace chance, and uh, that's getting over. You know, it is. we'll see it in the future matches too. Paul Bear is getting, getting excited. He's so he's a good cheerleader, man. Out he there. was. He's so I love him. Um, and then they're just on the outside for a little while, and Taker's selling quite a bit. He's given a lot to um, to uh, Mabel. I don't know if he was in on this Mabel push or not. If he, you know, if that was one of his boys and he cared about it, but. I equate it to like the Brock Lesnar AJ Styles match. You could tell the Brock Lesnar that at um that we just had at uh goodness Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. You know, you could tell Brock Lesnar care because he gave a lot. He mm-hmm. sold a lot for AJ Styles, and so same thing here. Undertaker's selling a lot. I, yeah. I don't know if he noticed that or not, but he I really did. is. And the story is that you know he doesn't have the urn anymore. Yeah. Kama has the urn, so the urn is what gives the Undertaker his power. He's 
he's still strong. He's still a very powerful wrestler, but he's more human now without the yeah. urn. The urn's what gives him the supernatural healing yep. power, so he doesn't have that. So this is your chance to let somebody beat up on him and get one mm-hmm. over on him, uh, which is, you know, I, I guess they timed that out and thought that up. Yeah. Um, and it's at, at this point, um, I don't know if you heard this, Doc Hendricks on commentary, He's this match is starting to go kind of long here, and Doc, he raises the prospect of saying, well, if these guys don't make it, then we might have a Savio Vega roadie finals for the King of the Ring. Yeah. And you can kind of hear Vince just like throw up a little bit when he says that, like, well, let's hope that doesn't happen or something yeah. like that. Like, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Please I would have turned off pay-per-view at that point. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. I did I did hear you say that. But, um, I do want to put over Mabel in a second. He, he does do a vertical suplex, Undertaker, and it was impressive looking. I said, oh, Did you see that spot? I thought it was pretty cool. I, I said he did the suplex. I like the pile driver that he did. He does a pile driver later yeah. on. I thought that was a yeah. kind of stiff pile driver. I like that. It was, that looked man. pretty good. But generally, yeah, he gets, he's just, he really starts to slow down towards the oh, end. He's yeah. kind of gasping for air a little bit. It, man. Yeah. He's a big dude, but he's, yeah, he's not, not graceful. Like we talked about Yokozuna. That was a great, the first time they fought Undertaker, that was a very graceful Yokozuna. He's very light on his feet, yes. big guy. Maple is the opposite of that. Not that. Maple is the heavy on his feet. But, At um, one point, he yeah, he does the suplex, body slam, and then he just kind of sits on him, just like gingerly. Yeah. <laughs> he just sits yeah. down. Not a splash. He just no. sits down on him. Yeah, it was weird. Um, yeah, that pile driver was great. And then they do the double shoulder block spot, and they're mm-hmm. both down, and uh, Taker does a stinger splash, and you'll, yes. you'll, you'll notice that he starts doing that more. And that is, anybody knows me, I love Sting. I really wish Sting and Taker got to fight or got to wrestle, but I love the stinger splash. I mean, that's one of my favorite moves. I and like seeing, that. I, seeing a big guy like that do it is awesome. I didn't remember I that, that being one of his moves, so I got no. excited when he did that. Yeah, I was marking out like a, like a ten year old again, man, because that's <laughs> Sting's my boy. I love Sting, so yeah, seeing Undertaker do that was great. You know, and he he doesn't. Even though he's a face here, I remember mentioning this in one of our first podcasts. Once he turned face, he still intimidates the official. You know, he gets in his face when he tries to pull him off or choke and stuff. So again, it's cool to see that continuity there. Even though he's a baby face, he's still not. Um, you know, he's not kissing babies, and he is doing public service announcements for drinking right. and driving. But he's he's not afraid to get in the referee's face in his zebra's face. So, um, uh, how we, we gotta wrap this? Yeah, he gets up here. Um, Just, Mabel. Um... The Taker gets Irish whipped into the referee. The referee goes yeah. down. And Taker uh, hits. It's a pretty decent choke slam. Mabel yeah. got up off his feet a little bit, and then Undertaker ends up taking out Mo, uh, Mabel's tag team partner. And that's when the finish comes. Is Kama coming in to interfere and hits a kick? It's like a kind of like a punt kick, almost. Yeah. Sort of, sort of like Randy Orton's old thing. And Mabel hits a big old leg drop, uh, kind of similar to Yokozuna's giant leg drop, and gets what I would say is maybe the biggest uh, win over The Undertaker in his five years so far yeah. in the company. Obviously, Hulk Hogan beat him. Uh, he lost to Yokozuna, which is a big main eventer. I, I guess, I mean, this is the biggest probably upset over The Undertaker that this, we've seen so far. I'd say this is only our third, his third loss that we've reviewed, right? I mean, he lost to... Hulk Hogan, but he got rolled up there. I mean, it wasn't really like a, you know, definitive yeah. win. Not counting Survivor <laughs> Series matches. Yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan, the heel face, <laughs> rolls him up and gets a cheap win. Yeah. Yeah. Yokozuna takes 10 guys to stuff him into a casket, and he's gone for eight months. But yeah, here it's just like, I mean, Kama kicks him in the back, and then 
he gets leg dropped, and then Mo wakes up the referee, and he bends him, he and the crowd him. comes alive, booing. Oh yeah, I mean they drown the place in boos, man. Uh, Taker gets but, right up and goes after Kama right after yeah. that too. This is this is the yeah this is when you know the three point kicking out at three point one is okay because yeah. he wasn't like he'd been beaten you yeah. know like King Kong Bunny kicked out and walked away like a baby but exactly. here you know, he gets up and goes right after Kama and Kama um slaps him I believe and and uh, he starts stalking Kama all the way to the back and I love that he doesn't run you know he's mm-hmm. still he's like a he's like a horror like a, like a horror yeah. movie villain you know he's just like Michael Myers or something he just stalks him you know. But he's selling that he's beat up, you know. He didn't have the urn and everything still. But, but yeah, he just kind of stalks, stalks Kama back to the back. And Mabel is going to meet Savio Vega <laughs> or the roadie, um, uh, which winds up being Savio Vega. And yeah. Tro- wow. Wow, man. Like, in Philadelphia, you're going to do this mad. This paper, it's just, man, weird. And, you um, know, I tried to think about it, uh, it, it as – being younger, it always confused me. I tried to think about it, and I guess that I kind of get it. You know, Diesel is the champion. Diesel, sure. seven foot tall, babyface, which is weird. Because as a babyface champion, you, you want the good guy to be the underdog. So right. if you've got a big guy as your champion, then you need some really big heels for them to be the underdog. And there's not that many guys in the WWF. There's just not that many guys that can be that that are big guys in general. He's gone through Sid a little bit. Um, Yokozuna just can't go anymore, really. At this point, he's in this tournament, but it's just not just a shell of himself already at yeah. this point. So who's left around? Well, let's go with Mabel. Let's strap him up and see if we can make him the big guy. To, to take on Diesel. Let's build him up. Um, I think, in hindsight, I think it could have been interesting if they would have gone maybe with Kama instead. Probably to put him yeah. in that main event slot. He could go a little bit more. He's not huge like Mabel, but I think he could have stood his own against Diesel. And he never really got that major push. So like, going against mm-hmm. Undertaker was the biggest thing that he did as Kama. So, right. I don't know. What do you think? I thought the same thing. I thought the same thing. I was like, man, why did they not just have Kama beat Shawn Michaels, yeah. give him some huge heel heat and let him take this place. I thought the exact same thing, man. That's funny. But, yeah, it would have been, you know, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, but I thought it would have been a better story, and it would have built into the Undertaker story that he has going on with Kama, too, you know? Um, right. But that story's going to continue regardless of if we want it to or not, Undertaker <laughs> and Kama. So, but yeah, Mabel's a King of the Ring winner. Uh, he didn't definitely didn't have the career that other King of the Rings – uh, had had at this point, or future ones will, but I'd say it's just a notch below Billy Gunn. <laughs> <laughs> Probably so. Probably the worst King of the Ring winner of all time. You know, it's funny. I I feel like if this pay per view happened today, he definitely would have won the world title at some point. You know, oh, yeah. it was a different time back then. So, oh, yeah. but nowadays, you know, if Jinder Mahal can win it, it's surprising that Mabel didn't win it oh. back then. But yeah. Great yeah. Carly is a former world champion, so Mabel definitely would have been. Yeah. Well, yeah. he was in EC- when he was in WWE's version of ECW, he was competing for the world championship. That's right. Too, wasn't he? So. That's right. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, but... we'll get to Undertaker get, trying to get revenge against Kama at SummerSlam 95 on our next yeah. episode. Uh, this real match quick. is almost 11 minutes, by the way. It's oh, 10 minutes man. and 44 seconds. It is about probably five minutes too long, oh, honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
um, um, just because of the clientele in it. And this was um, a short pay-per-view. You know, it was, yeah. I think it was only two and a half hours on the network. And one of the matches was like from the pre-show. Like they showed the pre-show match. Video, yeah. So either yeah. they cut some stuff out or this was a super short pay-per-view. Um, yeah, I don't know. So Speaking of, real quick, before we get into their plugs, um, I watched for a few minutes after the match and they show scenes from the Hall of Fame induction the night before. They show oh. uh, just some highlights of it. And real quick, there's a glimpse of The Undertaker hanging out at the Hall of Fame induction on there. Kind of out of character. He's got the hat and he's got the trench coat on, but he doesn't have all the makeup on. And he's just like shaking hands and talking to some fans. So just real surprising that they, they even put yeah. that clip on there because they really didn't break kayfabe back then in 1995. And they didn't, it's not a total break of it, but just sure. a real interesting glimpse on there. And. It's also the only time you'll ever see Bill Murray cutting a promo on a WWF show <laughs> because he sends in a video package for George the Animal Steel's Hall of Fame induction, riding on an elephant from the set of Larger Than Life, and oh. he's oh. <laughs> like quoting George the Animal Steel, and it's it, it it's not the actual video; it's a camera shooting the video on a screen projected on the wall, so it's really dark, but you can yeah. see Bill Murray and you hear him. Cutting a promo on a WWF show, so wow. go check that out on the WWE, WWE Network if you've never uh, <laughs> seen that before. That's fantastic. <laughs> I want more Bill Murray. I would like him to replace any of the commentaries on Raw or SmackDown. Oh, that'd so, be fantastic. That'd be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah, just a little interesting fact. Um, and if you got any interesting facts, anything you remember about this match or this era, anything that we missed out, if you were there at King of the Ring, yes. 1995, please tell us about how horrendous it was uh, and what you heard those ECW fans yelling at Mo. Uh, please yeah. let us know about it. Uh, let us know on Twitter at Talking Taker, Facebook Talking Taker, on iTunes, Podomatic, Google Play, Stitcher. All those places you can leave us comments, you can give us a rating, you can follow us, retweet us, let us know. Let us know what you thought about the match. Watch it along with us. Watch SummerSlam 95 to prepare for the next episode and give us your thoughts on that. And we're back in Pennsylvania in SummerSlam. Oh, is it? Oh, weird. that's weird. Yeah, yeah just a couple weird. months later. Anyway, we'll talk about that next time. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, anything else? Did we miss anything? I don't think so, man. I mean, yeah, again, if you were there, we want to see a picture. We want to know if you were there at SummerSlam 1995. So yeah. tell us all or about no, it. Not SummerSlam. Excuse me, King of the Ring 1995. Either if you one. were there. So or the, yeah, whatever. We don't mind. Yeah, ECW fans, thanks for making the show bearable. So y'all you know, were entertaining. So and other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. If you drink and drive, sooner or later. You're going to meet the Undertaker.